0: you're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. In our story here tonight, you've got, uh, you've got a man that wanted to win. But his winning was not about trying to win for a a human cause. This man wanted to win for the cause of Christ. And with everything this man had in him, he wanted to make sure that when he got to the other side, he and his family and his kingdom were standing on the winning side. And you can notice that as we read our passage, and we'll look at a couple of verses and jump on over to some other places. Start with me in verse 1. The Bible says, and it came to pass after this also, that the children, notice who's coming up here, the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. I want to remind you before we read verse 2. Jehoshaphat is one of the greatest men in the Old Testament. One of the greatest revivalists that the Old Testament knows This man led God's people into a love and a worship of the one and only true God, wiped out all of the enemy, took their idols out, destroyed them, and led them to serve the one and true living God. Jehoshaphat was a great man. Jehoshaphat wanted to be on the winning side, which was God's side. But here comes this great army up against them, and look in verse 2. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, here comes the good news, saying... There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea, on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gidai. Now I'm going to pause there. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to get back into the rest of the, the story here. All right, so let's pray. God, thank you again, Lord, that we have been able to be in your word tonight. Please open our eyes of understanding. With all my heart, I, I long to be on the winning side. And I pray that with everyone here this evening, their desire would be the same, that we would uh, want to stand alongside of Christ. And when this life is said and done, or when I stand on the other side of some great battle, may we be standing there alongside of our Savior on the winning side. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look in verse 17 with me. Verse 17 says, Again, we're in 2 Chronicles 20. I'd like for you to see these verses. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 17. The Bible says, "Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Man, that's the kind of battle I want to fight. I'd I'd like to to be in those that I just stand back and watch, you know, the great captain move in and do the job. Now go down to verse 22. And uh, when they began to sing, because they'd lined up their singers out in front of them to lead in the battle. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten for the children of Ammon... And Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, and then notice what happened, everyone helped to destroy another. Who's ever seen a battle like that? Where you're just standing there, you're fully armed, you're not doing a thing, but the enemy is wiping themselves out. And that's exactly what happened here. Verse 24, And when Judah came, "...toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none, guys, not even one, escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies, and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away." And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Wow. So it goes on to finish the story, and I would encourage you later tonight, and those of you that have been here for a lot of years have heard this uh, passage, this uh, message before. But man, what a story. Read the rest of it tonight. It is so good. Matter of fact, I would read beginning at verse 1, go all the way to the end of the chapter. And look what a great God we really do serve. A God that says to us, I want you to be on the winning side. To stand alongside of me, listen to what I say to do. It may or may not make any sense to you, but uh, I, I want you to be on the winning side. And I, I believe that. I believe that God wants Christians uh, to stand alongside of God. Now, <clears throat> I want to real quickly say this, and then I'm going to get into the rest of the message. Being on the winning side does not mean that you never have trials and you never have heartaches and that you never have times where it looks like you lost a battle. It doesn't mean that uh, if I'm standing alongside of God that there aren't some difficult days. But what it does mean is this, is that you gave glory to God and God received all the glory and the honor in what you said and did and you were a yielded vessel to God. Many times it does happen a lot like what we read here tonight and many times God does step in and God does wipe out the enemy and God does give this tremendous victory that you just stand back and say, how did that happen? And it's one of those times you just have to say, only God. So you look at verses 1 and 2, and here's what you need to see. Please get this. It came to pass in verse 1 that the children of Ammon, um, the the children of Moab, children of Ammon, uh, then the Ammonites came up against uh, Jehoshaphat. And guys, what this is is a a great army. This is a great number of people that are coming up against them, and this is not good news. If you are a king and you are responsible for every decision you're going to make that day or night uh, in response to a great enemy that comes up against you, here's what you know. You know that your soldiers may very well be completely wiped out, and that's bad enough, but back home in the fortress are your wives and your little children that have clung to your leg at night saying, Daddy... Why do you have this look on your face? And why are you so fearful? And and why are you acting like this, Daddy? What's so wrong? And you try to comfort the little child and tell him to stay with his mother. And you know that enemy when he comes to take your wife and your children, the kind of atrocities that they do to your wife and the slaves that they would make out of your children if they leave them alive. There's a lot on the shoulder of Jehoshaphat on this day. This is a hard day. This is one of those days you don't even think that it's possible to be able to win a battle you're wondering how is this ever going to end so would somebody tell me how you get from verses one and two over to the end of the chapter basically pretty much in the middle now that we just read about where israel walks up and the army is being wiped out uh, all by themselves of course the hand of god is 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 literally stirring their hearts to turn on themselves to kill one another Uh, How do you get to a place where the enemy is so great? And not only that, guys, who brings all your gold and jewelry to battle? Seriously, think about that. They they got to them, and there was so much jewelry and gold on them. It took them three days to carry it all home. Who comes to battle with, you know, your thousand dollars in your wallet? What are you expecting to do? Find a McDonald's along the way. They're not any, you're on the battlefield. And I don't know what these guys were thinking, but I do know that there was a divine appointment that God was working, and what looked like a tremendous enemy that could take me and my family and our kingdom out ended up being one of the greatest blessings they could have ever imagined. Number one, their trust in God is sky high. I mean, how could you not walk away and say, wow, what a God. Look what God did in a circumstance that I thought was impossible and that nobody could have told me it would have ever ended up like that. What a God we serve. So, number one, your, uh, uh, your, your testimony, uh, your, your value, uh, your reverence toward a holy God is beyond what it's ever been before. Guys, you got enough now to, you know, enough revenue to retire on. Probably every person in Israel had enough for that. They could... Uh, fund all of the governmental needs and everybody every family that shared in the spoils this would be unbelievable could you tell me what in the world happened between verses one and two and verse 17 where God says um hey guys you don't even need to fight this battle what I want you to do I want you to stand back and see the salvation of the Lord what happened and that's where we come into the passage where we're at tonight um, those of you familiar with this, maybe you have your notes on this. I told you I'm going to preach sermons I've preached before and, and uh, messages that the Lord blessed my heart with. But I want to um, share with you my message tonight are the, the three confessions every Christian needs to make. And uh, much like this morning's message, the, the points are very simple and basic. They're real, these are really outlined in the Scripture here. But I believe this with all my heart also, Every Christian needs to be willing to daily recognize and to uh, make these three claims or petitions or requests before the Lord. Pick up now in verse 3. Let's just see what happened between those verses. Verse 3 in Jehoshaphat feared rightly so <clears throat> and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said. Boy, he says a lot here. O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might? So that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave us it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil come upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, For thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit O our god wilt thou not judge them listen to the three confessions and consider them tonight If you want to be on the, the winning side you want the hand of god upon your life and your ministry and your family learn to make these three confessions all right first one number one for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us now let's put the pause button on there wish i had batteries in my pause thing up here I'd hit the pause button. Um, Still have that up here. Doesn't work. We have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Let me just say that in every one of our lives, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, or yearly, every one of us are going to come upon those battles that you don't have the strength, the wherewithal to be able to fight. It will be overwhelming to you. I have them quite frequently now, and they seem to come more often than they did even when I was a younger Christian. I probably just did not have the perception as a younger Christian like I might have a little better today, but I have things in my life today that stand up in front of me that look literally impossible. I know to Jehoshaphat, these guys came upon them so quickly for him to be able to mount together, and they had a great army. I don't know if it was enough to wipe this army out easily or not but it was so quickly they didn't have time to mount this army together and gather everybody in from all their cities and their fortifications and it was it was uh, it was a bad day and when Jehoshaphat found out about that he knew he was in trouble and and he wants not not so he can just say yay we won the battle but he wants to be on the winning side I mean he's got a wife and children He's got a kingdom to defend. He's got the name of God that he reveres and longs to see upheld in a a mighty way is at stake. And he knows that. And he looks out at the great army and stands there and throws his hands up and says to God, this army's greater than I even have any ability to do anything about. If you can remember that the weapons of the Christian's warfare, they're not carnal. In other words, they're not from your human flesh. A clenched fist is never going to win the great enemy that comes up against you every day. All of the training that you have physically, I don't care if you're in special ops uh, in some military force, uh, you don't have what it takes to come up against the great enemy that's coming to attack you. You don't have what it takes. And if I can tell our teenagers here tonight, and and please, if the teenagers would listen to me tonight, boys and girls, listen. I'm just saying, out in the world today is an enemy. You don't have the strength to to be able to defeat. That enemy can take you down so easily. And for you to keep telling your mom and dad that I can handle this, it's okay, mom. This friend is not that bad, mom. I, I can... I can stand for what I've been taught and I'm not going to give in so easily on my standards and my convictions or the truth of the word of God. Mom, I love God and I can can go with these friends and I'm going to be okay. I just want to say to the teenagers, your mom and dad are saying what they say with good reason. Don't you think your mom and dad have fought some of the battles you're about to face? And don't you know that they've lost a lot of those battles when they were your age? And what makes you think as a teenager that you have what it's going to take to go up against the great enemy that's out there fighting against you and ready to take you down. You don't have what it takes to be able to win that battle. Please listen to your mom and dad. Please listen to your teachers and your preacher that loves you and wants to see you make it on the winning side. Now i say to every mom and dad here tonight, every individual, you just don't have in and of yourself what it takes that's with the enemy that's on the outside i promise you at work you don't have what it takes to be able to win those battles every time there's just no way physically and with all the might and the force and all the adrenaline that i can put into that i i don't have it i fought those battles you fought those battles and i've done everything in my power to try to make certain things happen and i've found myself flat on the mat yeah kind of like gymnastics, flat on your face and thinking you can handle this and I know I can do this. I'm going to force my way through this and I'm going to win this battle. And if you don't have what what it takes, friend, you don't have what it takes. You're going to go down. I, I would just love for our teenagers to be willing to admit if I try to step out on my own, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to make it. If I think I can somehow fight against the enemy that's out there and 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 miss church half the time and and miss my bible reading and skip praying to god and you know he's just a thought in my mind every other day if you really think you can kind of make it in that kind of a life friend you know already you're not making it right now you know that and you can feel yourself slipping away so badly the first thing jehoshaphat said that i think one of the wisest things he said was we have no might against this great company which cometh against us. Second one, go back down into verse 12. First of all, he said, we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. And then number two, the next confession every Christian ought to make. Neither know we what to do. We don't have it figured out. If I could muster all of our armies together real quick in three or four days' time, try to get them in through the crowd of uh, the other army that's already out there. I, and number one, I don't know how I'm supposed to get our armies in and around those guys without them being attacked <clears throat> out there and all alone. And how am I supposed to comfort my wife and my children? And how am I supposed to get up and make announcements to the kingdom and, and assure them that, hey, it's okay. Honestly, I, I'm confident we're going to win this battle. How am I going to do that? I, I don't know what to do. <clears throat> I have been in so many places like that in my life i've sat back in my chair in my office at the church i've had people come to me and tell me things about things happening at church and uh, that office door will close as they leave and i've just sat back in my chair dropped my head on the desk and said god i i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and and, and if this continues on like this lord the way it looks to me this don't look like it's going to end up real good at all everybody has those stories. Everybody has a time where you were sitting there saying, God, what do I do? I don't even know who to turn to. I, 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 we get into our house and we're supposed to start packing. Seriously, you just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Somebody finally says, Well, open that cupboard there. Okay. Now start sticking those things in that box. Okay. It's just so overwhelming. What do you do? How do you handle this? How do you handle it uh, to, a, to a mom or a dad, parents, who has a teenager that comes to you and talks to you and says, I, here's what's going on in my life. I, I, and you sit back and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. How do, I, how do I handle that? H- at work, things get hard and they're difficult and, and your Christian testimony is on the line and people are watching you and life is hard and things are coming in at you and you sit back and say, God, I, I don't know what to do. Everybody has times like that. Everybody's come upon those circumstances where you're just sitting there with this blank stare and wondering, now, now what? God, I had all these plans. I had all these things set aside. And this is how I thought it was going to work. And if, if you don't let this just happen, God, it would have been just fine. You say, we don't say those words. I know we don't say those words, but we feel them in our heart. And if my plans had been able to happen over here, then life could have been like this, God, but now I don't know what to do. It's almost like God took it out of our hands, wasn't it? It's almost like God said, you know what, I'm going to make this and bring this to a place where you can't physically and mentally know how to handle it. And if the story ended there, we could go home defeated and discouraged and full of doubts and fears and wonders, and now what are we going to do? Except, Jehoshaphat made three confessions. And if you'll go down to the third one there, let's read them all again. We have no might. We're in verse 12. We have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. Thirdly, our eyes are upon you. God, when I've come to the end of my strength, And when I've come to the end of what I have known to do, everything I've been taught from a little child in Sunday school class to the adult that I am today, all those things put together into my mind. If I put them together in one big pile, I still don't know what I'm supposed to do with all of the knowledge you've given to me, God. It don't make sense, and I I don't know what to do. And if it goes on like this, God, you know what's going to happen to me and my life and my plans. So Jehoshaphat just turns to God and says... As helpless as I am, I know what I need to do, and that is to put my eyes on you. My eyes are upon thee. Turn with me to Psalm 121. Would you please? You can lose your place there in Chronicles. Go with me to Psalm 121. Some of you are very familiar with this passage already. Psalm 121. Is everybody there? Psalm 121, God says, the psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Man, this is really good. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. You know what Jehoshaphat was saying? God, I am lifting up my eyes because what's here on the ground is not good but I will lift up mine eyes under the hills or under the heavens from where my help actually comes from. My help comes from the Lord. And when every Christian has come to the place in your life where you recognize and realize how weak and frail you really are, which is total inability. <clears throat> I don't have the ability to do this. And there have been times you've fought your way through things, haven't we? Physically, kind of fought and battled our way through. But those things really ended up in a very negative way and you thought at other times you had the mental and the wisdom the capacity to be able to work out other circumstances and plowed right on through that thing but that didn't turn out so well either but I don't know if you're at a place tonight where you say I'm in some overwhelming circumstances I don't have the strength I don't have the mind well you're in good company because you're with King Jehoshaphat but you're in better company when you say but my eyes are upon thee and I'll turn my eyes to the God that can help in every circumstance. And when God gets involved and, hey, yeah, I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to fight my battles where I'm supposed to be out there. I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, right on the line. I'm not going to be AWOL from God, of course. I'm supposed to do my part. But after I've done my part and I can't do anything else, then I, I, I willingly step back and say, God, would you take your place now? And when I've done all I can do, God, would you do all that you can do in my life? It gets amazing when the hand of God gets involved in my circumstance and begins to change the things that I cannot change myself. We say it looks impossible. This thing couldn't be any worse, and I don't see it getting any better. Well, you're in a real good place because there's a God in heaven that wants to step in and make a difference. And I hope and pray we'd allow him to do so here even tonight. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.